From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint Super Bowl edition, the season finale of this program. I'm Jeremy Schilling. He's Luke Morrow. I'm sad. Why are you sad? It's over. The season's over. Yeah, it's always a bittersweet day because it is Super Bowl Sunday and it's the the grand finale and the the big stage and then you wake up tomorrow and football's done. But unless you count the XFL, we could do a Sunday sprint to the XFL. Now. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the XFL is going to fail. Nothing personal to anybody who's working there or a part of it, but this thing is going to last two years and that's it. Yeah, no, we shall see. I'll I'll be watching next weekend. Get my fix of football. Watching no-name quarterbacks? Yep, that's right. If you, if, if you believe that football and, and, and the success of an NFL is a quarterback-driven league, then what are you in for tomorrow? Uh, for, for Christian Hackenberg. Yes. Sorry, next week. Yeah, you're, you're really in for Christian Hackenberg. Um, Can't wait. Yes. Well, maybe this will be the subject of a segment on the Morrow Midday Show on ESPN Radio 98.9 FM, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, there you go. I like it. I'm, I'm so much better at promoting your own show than you are. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's easier to promote somebody else than yourself. I should be, uh, the, I sh- I should be your hype man. All right, Kansas City, San Francisco. Um, I don't know who's going to win. Line's one and a half. The over-under has ticked down to 53 and a half since yesterday. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, 30, th- my dad says Kansas City. What score? Big, Big Kansas City. Uh, I, I, I don't see that. Do you see that, Mr. Morrow? I don't. I do, I've seen a lot of people predicting that. Chiefs may win. I think it'll be a close game either way. I think these are the two best teams in the league that we've ended up with here at the end. And it's an interesting matchup. It's fascinating that it's the number one quarterback, I would say, against the number one defense. And so something's got to give. And the old cliche is defense always wins championships. And we've seen that over the years where good defenses are being good offenses in the Super Bowl. But Pat, may, Pat Mahomes may be you know, the difference maker that no, good, no matter how good your defense is, and as long as you have Mahomes, he'll you know he'll be the difference maker. He can outdo, outlast, and, and beat out any top defense, and maybe he'll be able to do that today. You know, I just don't see. I just don't see Luke how um, how this becomes a blowout unless Kansas City gets off to a hot start, which they have not so far in these playoffs. Number one. And number two, it would require the 49er running game to struggle. Coleman and Raheem Mostert would have to struggle because I think the way San Francisco stays in this game is via time of possession and and keeping Kansas City off the field um, and keeping Mahomes off the field. I agree with you, and that's why uh, you mentioned the over-under, and a lot of people imagine a lot of points, and I think both offense will be able to move the football today. You know, it's not going to be a 13-3 game, whatever we had last year. These two offenses will be successful, um, but 
I, that's why I was actually leaning towards the under. I could see where it's something like, say, 28, 24, uh, I believe would still, yeah, uh, depending on what number you get, that'd still be the under. Because we've seen when the Chiefs have lost this year, like, say, against the Colts at home, it's where teams just run the football, possess the football, slow down the game, keep Mahomes that offense on the sidelines. And as we've seen, especially in the playoffs, but all year long, and really all over the past couple of decades with the Shanahan, the father and the son, is that that rushing attack uh, is so hard to stop. It can it, it can succeed against any uh, sort of defensive scheme. You can pull, plug anybody in the, the backfield, and that rushing attack has been so good here in the playoffs. And now it's going up against a Chiefs rushing attack that was bottom 10 this year. Chiefs rushing defense was actually last against uh, pre-snap motion, and the 49ers use more pre-snap motion than any team. So when you use pre-snap motion and then run the football, the Chiefs are the worst in the league against that. Niners are one of the best. So San Francisco should be able to run the football, and by doing so, as you alluded to, shortens the game. They keep the ball a little bit longer. It keeps Mahomes on the sideline. And so I don't know if we will get, like, you know, that 40-point game that everyone's anticipating. I could see the Niners trying to shorten things a little bit to keep up so that Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense won't have to do as much to uh, try to keep up with Mahomes. I just, you know, one thing that's interesting to me is Jimmy G only threw through through eight times two weeks ago. First time in a big spot. And uh, we're going to do some live on the air Super Bowl party determination of food here right now, Luke. So my mom joins us. So the question would be, do I bring the Valentine's M&M's that have, that have messages on them? No. Or, and that's another box of, these are regular, but they don't, do these have messages? Yes. So no, then it has to be the Hershey Kisses. Because this, this will seem oddly placed. So I think we have to go with the Hershey Kisses. Would you go with Valentine's Day M&M's or Hershey Kisses? And the Valentine's M&M's have messages on them, Luke. Oh, I like that. Hershey Kisses. Like, you are cute, be mine, I love you. I don't think Oh. And I'm not, and this is not a, and, and this is not a family Super Bowl party. Oh, even better. What? No, it's not all guys. Oh, okay. it's, it's a lot of husband wives, but I'm just saying that. It's so not like... No, but it's not like a, a, a love thing. The reason why I, I, I said Valentine's M&M's, Luke, is that technically these teams are red and white color-wise. Uh, but to me, it's the kishes. The, the, uh, sorry, not the kishes. The, the knishes? Yes, it's not the knishes. It's, it's the kisses. Yes, that's the winner. Save these for Valentine's Day. All right. We've, we've done our food determination here live on the air. That's quite the Super Bowl party you're going to. You're choosing between Valentine's Day M&M's and Kisses. Well, I mean, I'm just going through what my mom has in the uh, reserve. Wait, hold on a second. We're back. We're back. Do we want almond kisses? No. We, we don't want allergies. We don't want peanut allergies popping up. Wait, my mom says she has one more. All right, we're going to get back to this. To me, they didn't put a lot of pressure on Jimmy G, um, the 49ers did, because Mostert went off. And my question is, if Jimmy G has to perform in a big spot, can he? Now we are presented with Santa ho-ho-ho kisses. 
Oh my God, Luke, would you go with regular kisses or ho 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 Santa kisses? Regular. Thank you. I was gonna say the same thing. All right, goodbye, mom. Back to the sprint. Um, <laughs> this is such a weird show sometimes. Um, to me, if the Chiefs can get, just get off to a hot start, you're going to force Jimmy G into a spot he's never been before in the playoffs. And that, to me, fascinates me. I have no idea how, how he's going to respond to this kind of pressure because it hasn't been put on him yet. Yeah, you know, that's always the concern uh, when you talk about teams that are too dominant. Like in college football, we would always talk about that. Oh, Alabama's too dominant. What happens if in the playoffs they play a good team and they have to play from behind suddenly? This is the whole Clemson thing. This was the entire Clemson storyline. Can Trevor Lawrence make a big play after cruising through the ACC? Yeah, and we just haven't seen it yet from Garoppolo. doesn't mean that they can't. But I will say in defense of Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's it's funny. The NFL season is uh, more time spent reacting, you know, than than actually watching. Of course, you have one game a week, and then you react for six days. So if you went back and looked uh, at what people were saying after they beat the Saints in New Orleans and uh, come from behind, a fans, lot of people have talked about that game this week. Forty-eight points. You know, people. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the player of the week for that performance, and people were. You could go Google it and find articles about you know everyone writing how great Jimmy Garoppolo is. And, uh, this was his big moment, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, fast forward to the playoffs where he doesn't need to do as much, and it's not because he necessarily can't, but because he just didn't have to. They were able to run the football. They led the entire game up in both instances, so they didn't have to be throwing the football. And he got an easy day at work. Everybody, sometimes, you get a little break. You don't have to work so hard at work that day. Uh, and now the, the conversation has turned to Jimmy Garoppolo being a game manager, not being good enough. But you look at his season eighth in quarterback rating this year. He uh, had injuries to both tackles, his fullbacks and running backs. The wide receivers, they, they thought so much about their wide receivers, they had to make a midseason trade to bring somebody in. And yet Garoppolo, facing the 10th uh, toughest pass defense this year, finished eighth in quarterback rating. They went 13-3. and three. He uh, had that comeback there. He beat Seattle on the road in Week 17. He's at least been to the Super Bowl before. I know he didn't play, but at least knowing what it's like with extra timeouts and the half times a little bit longer and what does it take to handle all this stuff. I think Garoppolo will be uh, fine today, especially against that Chiefs defense. The concern will be on third down because the Chiefs do really well getting after the quarterback. They're second in the league in sacks on third down. So the Niners have to make sure they can run the football, get the easier third downs, take a little off of Jimmy Garoppolo's plate. But overall, I'm not overly concerned about how he will play today or if he has to make plays, can he do it? I trust that Jimmy Garoppolo will play well. Uh, just a little uh, thing on, on the Super Bowl television uh, telecast, Luke. Uh, this is actually the first Super Bowl with the same commercial structure as the rest of the year. Um, and what Fox is doing, because demand was so high, is they, are go- they, they sold some ads based around injury timeouts and the like. Um, for, for extra breaks, but there is actually going to be the normal commercial structure as there was during the regular season with just some additional um, uh, length of those commercials. So the breaks are longer, but it's actually the same number of breaks. Well, well I guess that's good for just about everybody. Involved. But yes, halftime is a whole lot longer. you got to be used to it and ready for it. Um, speaking of being ready for it, I feel like Raheem Mostert was the sexiest person in the NFL over the last two weeks. And I really think 
that he's in for a rude awakening if he thinks he's going to have another performance like he did against the Packers. A, Tevin Coleman got hurt. Tevin Coleman's back today. B, I just think that for this Chiefs team, they probably focused on and looked more at Raheem Mostert film than anybody did all year over these past two weeks. And I think that the ability for Jimmy G to get somebody else involved, whether it's Kittle or whatever, to try to open some holes is going to be crucial because I think this 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 Chiefs rushing attack, and we'll get to the sorry uh, the Forty Nine er rushing attack, and we'll get to the Chiefs in a second. It's going to be stymied more than against Green Bay. Yeah, interesting. You know, the Chiefs, of course, have two weeks to get ready for this. Uh, they did a great job against Derrick Henry two weeks ago. You have Steve Spagnuolo, who's been in these two bowls before, and uh, game plan so well that he shut down statistically the greatest offense of all time in 2007. So he, you know, maybe with a better defense at the time, but he, he's 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 been able to stop the league's best in big games before, whether it was two weeks ago against Derrick Henry or years ago against Brady and the Patriots, and that's what he'll be tasked with today. But the thing for the Niners, as I mentioned earlier, is whether it's him or it's um, any of the other running backs, that maybe Matt Breida, maybe, maybe he makes a big return and plays a big role today. You can really plug anybody back there. I mean, Shanahan's done it before with uh, Alfred Morris in Washington. His father did it with, like, Ruben Jones in uh, Denver. You could plug anybody in that scheme and that zone rushing attack, and they could have success. Can the Chiefs stop the Niners' rushing attack uh, entirely or enough? That's the big question. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think they can. Uh, they were bottom five in rush defense this year. And um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the worst in the league against pre-snap motion. I think this lines up well for San Francisco. But again, you do have Spagnoli of two weeks, and you know what to anticipate from the Niners, that you have to take away the run. And I would, if, you know, if I'm the Chiefs, I'd rather have Garoppolo try to beat me than that rushing attack, because that's what San Francisco wants to do. Um, so that, that's the big question to me for, for Kansas City is that defense, can they stop it? I don't know. San Francisco has had great success this year when facing bottom 10 rush defenses, and I think they'll be able to run it again today. What do you think about Mahomes as a runner? I, I, I think we'll have a great day passing, but you saw that, that whole game, the AFC Championship game, changed on that run for the touchdown at the end of the second quarter, uh, right before the half. This, this is a, a, a big ask for San Francisco. Yeah, I like that you bring that up um, because I've been monitoring the prop bet for Mahomes' rushing yards this week because I like the over. Uh, I've seen it last I saw. It was still around, I think, 29 and a half. I think Mahomes can hit 30 rushing yards, and I think that could be a big role. Uh, for one, because of the pass rush of the Niners, he may, we'll see. The concern is that the offensive line can't hold up well, so maybe Mahomes will have to be running for his life a little bit today. Uh, additionally, it's the Super Bowl, so, you know, it's like the Dan Fouts uh, joke in um, The Waterboy, you know, final game of the year, can't hold anything back now. We've seen quarterbacks run more in the Super Bowl because it's the last game, you're trying to go win a championship, you got the whole offseason, if you need to recover for anything, you don't have to worry about being there next week. So quarterbacks will take more chances and will run more and try to make more plays with the legs in the Super Bowl. And additionally, for Mahomes, ridiculous this year that every time he has scrambled on third down, he has converted to a first down. He has a 100% success rate when scrambling on third down. So he's really successful getting away from the pass rush on third down and keeping drives alive. And we've seen now that he's healthy, he's been running more in the playoffs these last two weeks or last two games. Uh, he's had over 50 rushing yards in each. So I think Mahomes 
for as good of a game as he may have with his arm and, you know, just this great quarterback. I think some of the big plays can come from his legs. I think he'll run a little more than usual or at least keep this trend in the playoffs of running more than during the regular season. And I think he will have some success. I'll continue to I'll track it. I'll check later on about that prospect, but I do think Mahomes will have some big rushing plays. Anything about the special team stand out to you? Not in particular. I give the edge to Kansas City. Uh, Bucker, Buker, whatever, Buck, Harrison Bucker, he had a better year than uh, Robbie Gold, who used to be, you know, the most reliable kicker in the league, really struggled this season. Uh, and Kansas City also, their special teams coordinator, Dave Tube, is considered one of the best in the league. He's got interviews for head coach jobs before. So I don't know if it's a huge edge, but I do give the edge if it comes down to special teams. I, I would feel more comfortable, I guess, with the Chiefs side of it. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't have a lean either way on this. Robbie Gold, I think, in a big spot will step up. That's my guess. It's going to be perfect conditions, no wind. Um, should, should be great there in Miami Gardens, Florida, um, at Hard Rock Stadium, um, which, you know, is going to be a, a great uh, place. So, uh, Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. So a couple things here. Number one. We have to try to integrate the game to watch golf during somehow. So is it Yolanda Adams with America the Beautiful, Demi Lovato with the Anthem, or J-Lo and Shakira for the halftime show? Oh, good question. Um, I guess it's, uh, what was that first one? Um, America the Beautiful? Yeah, Yolanda Adams. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that. I would honestly probably say the commercials. Commercials have been allowed for the last couple of years. Uh, but I'm actually intrigued by the halftime show. I'm curious to see how well they do. I'll give them a chance. Are you intrigued by what the report by the NFL Network this morning that the Tom Brady mysterious post is related to a Super Bowl ad? I heard that, that, that theory the other day. I didn't think of it when that post came out, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. Uh, what, what what do you think it'll be for? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I have no idea. He doesn't do a lot of ads. No, it's true. I mean, no, he, he promotes TB12. TB12 is a local Boston ad. That's not going to be a national ad break. Right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know either. It's a good one if it is a commercial because, like I said, they've been lacking the last couple of years. For me, it's Yolanda Adams and America the Beautiful. Nothing against the song or her, but if the Waste Management Phoenix Open goes to a playoff, that's always the first song up, so that's where I'll be watching it. <laughs> there you there go. is a tactical way that I'm going about this. I like it. Yeah, thank um, So there's that. Um, okay, where am I going with this? Um, I have I lost my train of thought. Um Anything else that you found intriguing that I failed to bring up? Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. You know, just like I said, it's, it's the matchup of the defense against the quarterback. We've always seen defenses win out in these situations, but it could be, at least on paper, it could be a good matchup for that Chiefs offense against this defense because of the ability to use run-pass options, the amount of cover three that the Niners play. Mahomes is the best in the league against that this year. And also in the red zone, the Chiefs, 
Chiefs are the number one offense in the red zone when using three wide receivers. Niners are the worst defense in the red zone when trying to defend three wide receivers. The Niners are really good at keeping you out of the red zone, but the red zone defense hasn't been very good this year. So uh, I, I put more faith into a good defense than a good offense. But on paper, there could be some ways the Chiefs this actually turns into a good matchup for them against that uh, top defense today. Are you like the number one person who goes onto the uh, NFL Next Gen Stats page? <laughs> You've been rolling out some of these enhanced stats. Oh yeah, there. hey, it's the Super Bowl. I've had two weeks to get ready. I'm into the analytics. I'm a num- I'm a numbers guy. I love yeah. to eat it up. You have dove go. into these numbers just like us golf fans do with Shotlink. Um, here's the la- here's the last thing I'll say. Okay. It's about the national anthem, Demi Lovato. I like the under two minutes on the national anthem. She's gone under. She sang the national anthem at five big sporting events so far in her career. She's been under two minutes in four of them. <laughs> Last year's national anthem was at two oh one. I like I'm, I like the under two minutes for the national anthem. <laughs> the last numbers I have for you. It's pre-recorded though. Is it sung Uh, sometimes it's sung the tape. Um. All right. Are you a believer? You have a guy in Vegas who's on your show every week. Have you ever asked if they've tried to get source information on what the uh, on on what the pre-recorded safety track is? Not for that, but I have. Yes, we did talk about this. That people who are even at the um, you know like the sound check or the rehearsal and they're timing it and they're getting figuring things out. People that uh, are in the stadium that see what Gatorade's being used and they have inside information and they they win those prop bets. So this is always the fear or the idea. I don't know. You know, I don't know anybody to get me access to that information. But yes, uh, I've had this conversation that the concern for people from Vegas is that yeah, people in that stadium are giving out the information before anybody else could know about what should or will happen with certain profits like that, including the national anthem. And I'll just give you guys a scooplet of information related to this. Bruce Springsteen had prepped for the Super Bowl halftime performance for months and months and months, and then he goes to the Barack Obama inauguration with this great choir and realizes that he wants to, to integrate them into one of the songs, Working on a Dream. And during the week, the video came out, somebody who was not part of Bruce's crew, not part of the NFL, but was a part of, I don't know if it was the network or hospitality or catering or what the situation was, um, videotaped him with an acoustic guitar prepping the choir for working on a dream. So if you were trying to guess and, and had the information on the over-under of the title track of the new album being performed, that was your answer right there. Um, and that was all because of Barack Obama's inauguration. So there's a lot of information that gets integrated late in the ball game on that stuff. Yeah. Um, and my, parent, my parents are actually in Miami. I should tell them to go hang around and see if they can find... If, uh, I should have told them this week. Just hang around the stadium. Tell me how long the national anthem is going to be, and we'll uh, win some money. Were they there for football-related reasons, or something else? Happened to be there for the winter, and uh, they they were hanging around uh, yesterday over by the stadium. Tried to go today. Cheapest tickets they found were like forty-five hundred bucks, so they're not going to be at the Super Bowl. <laughs> what was their top number? What were they willing to pay? Forty-five dollars. 
that's a good question. I'll have to ask. It was certainly, you know, I mean, they were certainly willing. They understood that they're not going to get in for three hundred dollars. It's going to be quite a bit. But nine thousand dollars for the two of them to go to a game that's not involving the Vikings. Exactly. Too much for them. Exactly. All right, we're going to dovetail here just for one second because I've not been able to ask you this, and I wanted to squeeze it in when I came on your show, but I'm a professional. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> As a Red Sox fan, how do you feel about that 2018 title right now? Well, they're still investigating, so innocent until proven guilty. But it is a weird situation because I can acknowledge that, you know, I'm not naive or, or, or ignorant, yeah, I guess naive, in that if Alex Cora was doing this in 2017 with the Astros, I'm sure it was going on in 2018 with the Red Sox. Maybe not to the level of Houston, we'll find out. Uh, nobody has come out with videos of the trash can banging. I'm sure they were doing something. But it is weird as a fan that I can acknowledge that it's, it's screwed up. I think this is the worst scandal that we've had in sports if it does affect back-to-back World Series champions. And yet, as a fan, it's weird. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't feel different about it. I can acknowledge. I can tell you, like, yeah, you know, they may have cheated to get there, and that, that sucks. And I, I, I was, when the news came out, I was embarrassed as a Red Sox fan if that's, in fact, the case and what they did. But still, it's weird that we lived through it. It happened. It's hard to go back and look at it any differently or think that, you know, like, oh, they didn't win that year. They didn't deserve to win that year. Like, you know, that's what happened. They, we played it out. They won the championship. The banner is up. Anytime you buy merchandise, it's going to be included. It's weird to, to, as a fan to try to exclude that or wipe it from your memory when we saw what happened. Um, so... I, I, I don't know. That's my that's my answer, I guess. I still consider it a World Series champion. I am embarrassed to, that the Red Sox are wrapped up in this. I think it's terrible for baseball. Uh, I said uh, on my show, and I still believe that Alex Gore should get a lifetime ban, uh, kick him out of the game. It, it's, that's terrible. Um, but it's just weird to then see, um, and try to completely wipe that World Series from the memory. So my dad's here, longtime Little League baseball umpire, lifelong baseball fan. Luke calls this the worst scandal in all of sports, if proven true, that it impacted back-to-back World Series titles. You've had a very differing view about this scandal, so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to hit the pitch. If they're worried about signs getting stolen, they can encode them, just like third base coaches do. Everybody sees those signs. You just have a key, you know, a code signal before the one that counts. People have been stealing signs forever. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, cheating has been part of baseball as long as the sport's been around. Um, but just Spit in- balls, emery well, balls, everything under the sun. Yeah, just the extent of using the the, the cameras. You know, the whole, to me, the whole idea of baseball... If you get, or rid, of, if you get rid of video replay, you wouldn't have this in the first place, and I hate video replay. What the umpire says goes. If you don't like it, too bad. He's Move a on. Met fan, okay, who've had to live through some hard times recently, and I've said to him, what if you lose the World Series, Game 7, bottom of the ninth inning, on an incorrect out... Safe call at home play. They didn't even make it to Game 7 of the World Series. I'm they lost just, in Game 5 because they saying, let Matt Harvey go out for the ninth I'm finish. just saying. Hypo- made no sense. Hypothetically, how would you feel? How would you feel if your Mets lost the World Series on an incorrect... That's fine. Really? Sports is a human activity. Human activities, by <laughs> definition, have errors. People are always looking at errors in sports. They keep stats on them, turnovers and interceptions and fumbles and wild pitches and pass balls. The umpires, the referees, the officials are allowed to make errors too. That's part of the whole deal. Trust me on this. 
It's a human activity. The fans make errors too. The fans come to stupid conclusions. Everything. Luke, your response? <laughs> um, well, in, in <laughs> you don't have to respond the, uh, to that. This, shouldn't be, this is supposed to be the Sunday sprint. I don't even know why this is still going on. The sprint should have sprinted to a finish by now. <laughs> He's trying to muzzle your First Amendment rights to free speech, Luke. What was that? Uh, he's trying to muzzle your First Amendment rights to free speech. All right, in, in, in 15 seconds or less, your response to my dad is? Well, I'm not a big fan of replay either, but uh, I, I will say in terms of the whole cheating scandal that the whole idea of baseball, right, is for the pitchers to try to deceive the batters. And so if the batters have the answers to the questions before the test, knowing what pitch is coming. I think that alters the, the entirety of the game. And the biggest difference is that the Astros are able to use video cameras, which is an unfair advantage in their home ballpark. Road teams can't do that. That's the unfair advantage to me. If you want to cheer, if you want to steal signals from the dugout, both teams are trying to do that just by deciphering with their eyes or whatever it may be, whereas the Astros here gain the unfair advantage of being able to use cameras and relaying the signs to the batters where other teams can't do that. I am so happy this happened because I've been waiting to have this Luke versus my dad debate for a long time and it finally happened <laughs> finally happened because he's been he has been in a way different camp than like 98 percent of the american people um on this and i'm shocked because you're a freaking umpire <laughs> well again I think, uh, if you get rid of replay you get rid of most of this problem too anyway who wins the game tonight and why Man, I've been going back and forth. I've been riding the fence. Uh, I'm going with the 49ers in part because everyone's been picking the Chiefs. So I just kind of want to, I don't know if it's to be different or try to be right and think that the Niners will win. Uh, I'm going San Francisco, and it's because I can trust a good defense better in a Super Bowl than I can trust a good offense or a quarterback. I think San Francisco's more well-rounded. I think they can win a game more ways than Kansas City can. I think they find a way to win. Um. For me, it's Kansas City 31-28. Would not be surprised if it goes to overtime. Would not be surprised if we end up in the first ever second quarter overtime of NFL history. Um, we've never been able to answer the question, what happens at halftime of an overtime Super Bowl? Obviously not going to have a halftime show. They're going to have a Jason court. But is there, is there... Well, look, I mean, you take... The Minneapolis Super Bowl two years ago, Justin Timberlake left and went to Jimmy Fallon and performed three songs that night on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. He was not in the stadium when the Eagles won that game. And the Roots, the Roots crew, obviously... And Yolanda Adams will have to come out and do the second halftime show <laughs> and redeem herself from being named the thing to watch golf by. <laughs> I think that's a mic drop, Luke. <laughs> there you go. I think that's a mic drop. Um, thanks for another great season. Oh, 31-28 Kansas City. I, I said that. Maybe in double overtime. Um, thanks, Luke. It's been a great year. Yes, as always. And thank you all for listening to a wild Sunday sprint for Super Bowl 54 on Fox, 638 Eastern Time tonight. And we will see you all soon.